This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about uh, to start things out with tonight. But, Toby, there was a story that we mentioned we were going to do on Tuesday night when you were here, and we never got to it, so I figure we should probably just do it right out of the box here to make sure we can actually get it in. It's the story about an old lady who was apparently assaulted by the police. Yeah, unfortunately... um some police officers don't know that you should be kind to old people. They might not. Well, all people, but especially old people. Yeah, this, they're a little more fragile than the rest of us. Exactly. Don't always have full cognitive, cognitive abilities to know what's going on, and they can get confused easily. But some police don't know to be a little easy on them. This from the BBC News. U.S. woman arrested over a dry lawn. A 70-year-old U.S. woman has been left bruised and bloody after an unexpected clash with police who came to caution her for not watering her lawn. Um, that's the title of the story go, going into it. Trouble flared when you Do you think, hold on, do you think <laughs> that when these guys became police officers, they were thinking these were the laws they'd be enforcing? Dry lawns. Yeah, I think that when people become police officers, they think they're going to be protecting people and keeping them safe from, you know, murderers and rapists. But here they are enforcing what is probably, a, what, a zoning ordinance or something like that? Yep, Don't they have court, code enforcers for this? Not that I'm saying I even agree with this silly rule. I certainly don't. But, I mean, wow, I, I feel kind of bad for these guys. Yeah, in a way, I'm, this cannot be a glorified position, going around harassing old ladies about their dried lawns. Though I haven't heard the story yet, so I'm sure I'll be feeling a little less bad for them here in a moment. Go ahead. Trouble flared when Utah pensioner Betty Perry, 70, refused to give her name after being abraded because her garden breached, breached local regulations. She says an officer hit her with handcuffs, cutting her nose, although police insist she slipped and fell. Miss Perry said she was distraught after the incident. She denied accusations she was resisting arrest, maintaining that she only turned to go inside to call her son to fix the confusing dispute. So f- from here reading, it sounds like I-, I wasn't there, but from what she says, she was a little bit confused when the officer came. She went inside to call her son. When police say she slipped and fell, she claims she was hit in the face with handcuffs. I know who I believe. I- I'll take the 70-year-old lady's side on this. I tried to sit down and get away from him, the police officer, officer she told the new, in Utah newspaper, the Daily Herald. I don't know what he's doing, I said. What are you doing? And he hit me with those handcuffs in my face, she said. Wow. He's just trying to cover his tracks as far as I'm concerned. The officer had judged that Miss Perry's sadly neglected and dying landscaped breached the Orem City guideline and was attempting to issue a formal caution when the 70-year-old was injured. So wait, so it wasn't like the officer was sent there by the department or, or that somebody had reported this. The officer just happened to notice that her yard was in kind of dismal shape and right. he made the decision to enforce this law on her. It was all on his volition. Seems like he was really bored. <laughs> so when we were talking here at the beginning when we were saying, is this really what he thought he was doing? Well, I guess he chose to do this. This was He could have been going wow. after solving some real crimes or going after real criminals, but he chose to take time out of his day to go harass this little old woman. What a low life. She was treated in a local hospital for a cut on her nose and for other bruises before being taken to jail. But she was let go when police realized there were other (laughs) ways of finding out her identity without jailing her, a a police spokesman said. The arresting officer has not been named, but has been placed on administrative leave, he added. Paid vacation. Exactly. Uh, Wow. Good for her for refusing to give her name to those cops. 
Yeah, she was confused, as she says, didn't really know what's going on. So she, right. I mean, she, was, she wasn't willing to go to jail. Didn't you say that this was this woman's first encounter with the police? Well, this goes into the last paragraph here. Miss Perry, who says she has never had a run-in with the police in the past, has, offered, has been offered help by local church leaders to clean up her garden. I'm very distraught over all this, she said. I can't believe this happened. Do you ever just wish you could start your day all over and it would all be different? I really feel bad for this poor woman. I mean, sure. just living her life when she's accosted by uh, someone who she's never had a run in with the police before, she says. And her first experience, 70 years old, is being beat up, essentially. Yeah, being attacked by the police o- over her garden. Uh, what a just an outrageous case. And I, I, I absolutely feel sorry for her. She probably wasn't expecting that when that, uh, when that cop approached her. She... I'm sure she thought it was about, you know, a noise complaint or or something going on in the neighborhood. Maybe he was just going to ask her some questions and that sort of thing. And then it turns out that that, uh, she's breaking the law. Very unlikely that she even knew that there was a law to be broken in that way. Oh, right. Poor. He could have come and offered her some help, which local churches and charity organizations are doing. Right. How how interesting that the uh, the charities are the ones that are coming to her. The private organizations. Right. The privateers are coming to her aid, offering to uh, to assist with the garden while the cop offers to put her in a jail cell. I love the line in here that this police spokesman says they realized after taking her to jail they could figure out her identity after they took her to jail they realized oh we could figure out our identity in another way yeah like you know looking in the phone book exactly that sort of thing. looking up her address reverse yeah reverse <laughs> address look up that sort of thing uh 800-259-9231 is the sacl cai toll free uh toll free line for you just an outrage uh, just yet another outrageous case of police abuse I, I can't can't imagine there'd be anybody listening to the show that actually thinks that this law should be on the books. Uh, although I suppose I mean I could be I could play devil's advocate here and say, well, you know, my property values could be hurt by her not uh, taking care of her lawn. There there needs to be a law for this because of my property values. I don't want my property values going down because my next door, that old lady next door, isn't watering her lawn enough. Go arrest her. Well, that's really, I mean, really, wouldn't that be the only sort of mentality that could possibly support laws like this? I guess so. The idea that, you know, um, your neighbor and the way their property looks somehow affects yours, and I guess that could be the case. But it would seem to me that if my neighbor's lawn was brown and mine was semi-green, not really lush green, it would make my lawn look a lot greener. Yeah, it'd stand out from uh, the others. <laughs> right. I, I don't care. I mean, for, for me, what, whatever my neighbors decide to do with their lawn is, is their business. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't affect me. I'm not concerned about you know, the resale value of my home or anything like that as far as being affected by their properties. Their if they want to have their lawns growing... F- Five feet high, that's their business. I, why, why should it be any of my business? Why should it be any of my concern? And who are you to force them to take certain care of their lawn? Who, are, like, who is anyone to say, this is your lawn, but you have to groom it in the way that I see fit? You have to water it so many times a day or keep it such and such a height? Well, what if you're someone who kind of likes longer grass? What if you're somebody that doesn't like grass at all? There was a story, I think we talked about it over the weekend, where a guy had spent a, he had spent a weekend in jail and was being threatened with another weekend in jail if he didn't get grass growing on his property. He had planted sod, and it, I guess it didn't take, so it sort of browned out, and it, it wasn't really any good anymore, and right. they threw him in a jail cell over it. Sort of a similar situation in that he, he tried to grow his lawn, but it wouldn't grow, so apparently because... 
the soil's bad there or whatever, he's having to spend uh, time in jail over that. I mean, can you can you believe? I mean, this is just even hard to fathom that this goes on in the so-called land of the free. Exactly. When the founder founding fathers of this country set forth the um, the land of the free and fought the Revolutionary War, is this what they thought the laws would be passed for? I can't imagine they would have. I I, I doubt lawns were even something they were concerned <laughs> with back then. Lawns are, are kind of a contemporary thing, I think. Yeah, I'd have and to I, agree. I find them useless. I uh, I don't like lawns at all. And you know, if you want to if you want to pave your front yard with concrete, you should be able to do that. Well, I, I like lawns. I just don't think that you should be forced to have a lawn. I'm with you on that. 800-259-9231. If you are somebody that can defend this woman's arrest, if you're somebody that wants to take the police's side on this, if you can defend this law, would love to hear from you. Look, if you want to live in a place where everybody's property looks um, just pristine and perfect, then get yourself into a deed-restricted, gated community. Yeah, it's not that difficult. They're all over the place, and there are plenty of them to choose from, some of them with very, very restrictive deed restrictions, and some of them with a little bit less restrictive deed restrictions. So if you're very concerned with, with what your neighbor is doing with their property, get into one of those deed-restricted neighborhoods, and then you guys can vote for all kinds of silly rules and, and regulations that you can impose on yourselves. What colors you can paint your house. Sure, the, the height of the, the bushes, the, uh, the maximum height of the grass. And uh, that's fine, as long as it's voluntary contract, as long as people know that that's what they're getting into – that's fine, but without that, it's it's just to me, it's criminal to go around arresting people for something like this. I got a bunch of weeds out in front of my house right now that are pretty tall, and I'm wondering <laughs> if I'm going to get a summons or something like that, some sort of a citation on it. We'll find out. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe I should just let them grow all season just to see how high they get. All right, you can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Coming up, the latest on the Gennaro Wilson case, the seventeen-year-old that. Had a little uh, sexual encounter with a 15-year-old girl and is now in jail over it. We'll tell you what's up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away. So do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. To the phones, to the fun, amplifier line, and Josh in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live, Josh. Um, I didn't know if you guys heard about this, but in Arizona they're trying to pass a law prohibiting a anti-war T-shirt. I believe they already passed the law, didn't they? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, I, I have an article right in front of me that said Janet Napolino, the governor there, signed the law, the law, uh, the measure into law on May 21st, actually. So and it's not the only state, right? Yeah, there are three uh, other states. states. Yeah, it's it's the fourth one now that signed that into law. What? Wait, oh, now what T-shirt is this? It um it has the dead soldiers' names in Iraq on the back of the shirt, and the reasoning for outlawing it is that they're using the dead soldiers' name on the T-shirt, like without permission, and they're selling it for profit. Is the reason for outlawing it? Does this seem a little wrong to you? Because it sure does for me. Uh, sure does to me. Yeah, it's completely. 
completely disregarding the First Amendment. Yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm saying the outlawing of it is wrong. Um, th- these people should absolutely be able to make the shirts. If somebody wants to buy them, that's their business. Uh, if somebody is offended by it, then they will obviously hold on to their pocketbooks and and not purchase the the product. I don't see what the issue is. Why can't the the market be allowed to work in this particular case? They've made contraband uh, contraband out of a T-shirt. How many other T-shirts have ever been banned by uh, by legislative fiat before? I know. Th- these soldiers' names are a matter of public record. Anything that's a matter of public record, you should be able to throw on a T-shirt. Right. Are, are, there, no, are there no Vietnam wall uh, T-shirts out there? No Vietnam memorial shirts or anything like that? Has this never been done in the history of, uh, of, the American, of all the American wars? Probably. Well, um, if they, by the governor's logic, by that's why they're outlawing it, then they should have to censor... Uh, the news agencies and all that, because, I mean, they name dead soldiers. Right. Uh, one of our affiliates, uh, KS, or not KSU, but uh, KGEZ in Montana, they spent all of Memorial Day of their broadcast day reading the names. They got on the air and they read off all those names. And while I don't think they broke for commercials during that, the point, you know, you could still make the argument that they were doing that to get attention for their station and get people to tune into their station and listen to commercial breaks and make money. I mean, should that be legal too? How far are they going to take this? You know, the law can put people in jail for up to six months and up to $2,500 fine for an individual or $20,000 for a business. That it, wow. Is that a little bit draconian for something like this? It, right now it's only in four states it's a law, and that's on the state level. But they're thinking about um, making it a federal law as well, of course. Um, anything done on the state level that threatens freedom will eventually move up to the federal government. So Unbelievable. This is scary. Uh, Josh, thanks for bringing that up. We appreciate it. In fact, uh, Toby, you had actually brought that story in tonight. Were there, were there any details that uh, you wanted to share on this? That's basically it. The ACLU is suing for this and trying to... Um, fight for freedom every now and then they hit the good issues i think this is one that i will back the aclu on and absolutely hopefully something good will come out of the lawsuit that they're filing but right now it's illegal the guy the guy here who's doing it who's filing the lawsuit dan frazier says that he's going to continue to make the t-shirts he hasn't been arrested for it yet but good for him he claims that he's still going to make the t-shirts does he live in arizona yes I believe so. Okay, so is this so the law has been passed in several states, four states, against this specific shirt? Against using family members' names without their permission or photos on any merchandise. It's not just T-shirts; it's any merchandise. Well, now I now I know there are laws that say you can't utilize someone's likeness without their permission. Those have sort of been in in, in law for a long time. Right. I don't necessarily ag- agree with it, but I I understand where it's coming from. Um, they say that you can't use someone's likeness without their permission unless they're a celebrity or they're some sort of a you know political mm-hmm. somebody who's known publicly. So you could do it to the mayor, but you can't do it to the guy next door, basically, is, is how it works. And I don't think that the person's name counts as, a, as their likeness. Oh, it's, plus, what's to say it's not someone else's name? I mean, sure. granted, but don't a lot of names have repeats? I mean, like John very, Smith? Exactly. There's very few people that have the exclusive privilege to the only person in the world with that name. And the shirt, I saw the shirt, it says, Bush lied, they died. And yeah. there are several uh, names written very small on the shirt. It's not like anybody's going to sit there and take the time to read all of those names, nor is the shirt really tacky. I, I don't consider it tacky at all. I think it's a, it's a shirt that obviously a lot of people 
would uh, would want to wear that they're very uh, they they support the uh, the idea of withdrawing the troops from uh, from Iraq and Afghanistan and and they're very against uh, the wars over there and they want to show their uh, show their opinion to the world they shouldn't be prevented from doing that All right there's a few variations on the shirt as well I think they have the, some shirts that say bring the troops home that is those that are left and some variations like that uh, the Fraser says that he believes he's being targeted because of the anti-war stance that's on the show. Of course he is. So uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious on that. So that of course he is because <clears throat> the mili- the people that are in charge of the military industrial complex, the people that make the bombs and mm-hmm. the, the bullets and the the boots and all the things that the military uses, they're profiting from war. Why can't this guy profit from uh, from the war? It's insanity. Why is it okay for them to profit from all these people's deaths, but this man who's selling a simple T-shirt, why can they profit billions of dollars, and this guy can't even make a few bucks? And it's not like this guy's even make, cranking out the thousands and thousands of shirts. Over uh, the past few years, Fraser at least, has only sold 2,000 shirts. So it's not like it's a huge industry out there. It's yeah, he's just, not getting rich off of this. Right, he's, just, he's doing it as a political stance. He says right in the article that... Frazier, who's 41, uh, says the T-shirts are a political statement. He's not doing it to make money, um, but he just wants to put out the statement there. He's someone who wants to end the war, and this is his way of doing it. So let me see if I got this straight. The law prohibits the sale of the shirts for profit? Can you sell the shirts at cost? I do not know the answer to that. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder wonder if you can sell the shirts at cost and make nothing on them. And if you can, of course, how you would prove that to them, I'm not sure. I guess you'd have to keep your wholesale receipts and that sort of thing. I guess so, but you might have to battle it in court and lose a whole lot more money. Right, that's a good point. And can you wear the shirts? I mean, is it just is it contraband to actually own one of the shirts? I don't believe so. It's just for the sellers is what you can go to jail and get the fines for. Again, I I will once again ask if there's anyone out there that supports this law. Uh, if you can dial in at 800-259-9231, somehow I doubt we're going to hear from anybody I know else. they're out there, though, because when I pulled this article from the Internet, I read some of the comments on there. And what they, were they saying? They were just talking about... How this guy is a piece of scum. How he would, how anyone could ever do this to the servicemen who, and women who died for this country. About how he's a criminal and should go to jail. He's a, a tra- traitor to this country. A I, traitor. Those people are out here. So let's call in and. In my opinion, the people that take those positions are the real traitors. The ones that support laws like this are the real traitors to America. They're the ones that are, are just more than willing to flush the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. and all the the wonderful principles that this country was founded upon down the drain in order to support their nationalist uh, thinking. The reason these soldiers died is now made illegal. They're, uh, supposedly, to fight for freedom. It's now illegal. And I guess it's not really nationalist thinking. It's sort of nationalist mindlessness. More on the way. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231, the Sankel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on our site, completely free. We've got the updates. Get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show at updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. And pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Well, the answer is very little, but the Prometheus
Prometheus Institute at ReadPI.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington, not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all of the other flatwater political think tanks, visit ReadPI.com. That is ReadPI.com. And I went to the website, or, or one of the websites, with this story about this uh, guy who's making the T-shirts in Arizona yep. um, being essentially a law being passed specifically targeting his shirt. Yeah, you can't write the names of dead soldiers on T-shirts. So. Oh, so I guess they did make it a little bit wide, uh, wider than just his shirt. So anybody, anybody, yeah. anybody writing the names of dead soldiers on a shirt in uh, in these in four different states, including Arizona, is guilty of was it a felony, a misdemeanor? Do you know? It's a misdemeanor, uh, up to six months in jail and a two thousand five hundred dollar fine. That is without family permission, though. So if you get the family's probably written consent or whatnot, you can do it, but with, you can't just look up soldiers' names and print them on. I, I think it's uh, it's a pretty chilling law. It's uh, very chilling towards freedom of speech. And I'm looking at some of the comments on one of these stories, this one from the Tucson Citizen, just going down the list of these comments. And, of course, it, the comments divide themselves into your typical left versus right, red, red versus blue sort of, of mentality, as uh, one might expect. But it's really sad to see the people who under the Clinton administration, would have been all for smaller government, the the so-called small government conservatives. It's really sad to see them out there advocating that someone's speech get shut down. And it's not the first time we've seen this. We've seen stories about, uh, for instance, the police targeting people with anti-Bush bumper stickers, right. targeting them for harassment, targeting them uh, for arrest. We've seen stories about uh, like off-duty soldiers ripping bumper stickers off of people's cars and that sort of thing. Yeah, some VA uh, veterans being kicked out of uh, the VA with when they're wearing the anti-war T-shirts. Yep, that sort of thing. There have been all sorts of examples of this very, very uh, chilling attitude. Toward towards free speech in this country, and I just want to issue a word of caution to those self-styled conservatives that, that get all upset about somebody utilizing a, a soldier's name, on a dead soldier's name on a t-shirt. You know what, if you want to go ahead and support laws like this, just wait, because inevitably the people that you're passing laws against today may very well get into power, mm-hmm. and the uh, the reins of power may shift hands in Washington, D.C., or in the state that you live in, and then all of a sudden, the very same laws that uh, you've created to restrict freedom of speech may somehow be turned around or modified or added to uh, to restrict your freedom of speech on the issues that you care about. Once the precedent has been set, it's going to be a slippery and fast-sliding slope. Yep. So you go right ahead, pass all the laws you want to, create all the restrictions on freedom that uh, that you want. Inevitably, it is going to come around to get you. It's going to bite you back eventually. When that's going to happen, I don't know. Do I want it to happen? No. Do I want these laws to exist? No. I want it all to go away. I want the freedom of speech. I want you to be able to walk away from somebody. If you don't like the shirt that they're wearing, I want you to refuse to buy products. If you don't like their uh, the business that's selling them or for whatever reason you don't want to buy those products, you don't have to. No one's forcing you to buy this man's T-shirts. Right. No one's forcing you to be friends with the people and be courteous and nice to the people who are wearing them either. You can ostracize yep. them if you like. That's your choice. But pass seen a law against it, threatening to put people in jail for it, that's a completely different story. Really, I mean, we've talked before about some of the disturbing parallels between what's going on in this country today and what has gone on in other countries in more totalitarian times, like in, in Nazi Germany uh, before World War II. 
at what uh, during World War II, what uh, was going on then. There are some very striking parallels, and nationalism is a scary, mindless sort of uh, activity that's that is found all across the United States today. This sort of blind love for one's country. It doesn't matter what the administration does. It doesn't matter um, who's in charge. America's right. Everything we do is right. We're the best. And it's just it's just not true. It's and, just not intelligent. And what kind of a mentality is that to think that we can do no wrong? That it's flawed thinking to think that whatever America does, whatever George Bush does or the or Bill Clinton does or whoever is in power, whatever team your team is on, they can do no wrong. And whatever they do, we all must stand behind. And if you dissent against it, you're an uh, unpatriotic. You're, right. You're, you're an enemy of the state. Exactly. If you uh, if you dissent, you're uh, you don't love America. You're anti-American. Get out of the country. Uh, if you don't like America, you can just leave. All the cliched crap we've heard over the years. It's just sad. I don't I don't know what to say and it's moving down this direction at seemingly growing pace. You know, it's funny too because the uh conservative talk show hosts are all very very upset right now considering the Democrats in Washington are talking about and I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but they're they're batting the idea around of returning to the so-called fairness doctrine. Now, of course, I'm against that, too, because I'm consistent and principled, unlike these uh, lefties and righties that are in Washington, D.C. Right. Now, in case you don't know, the fairness doctrine is something that was in place for a number of years. The FCC, it's FCC regulation that basically told radio station owners that if you're going to have one side of a political debate or a political, if you're going to have one political position on the air, then you must balance it by allowing the uh, the opponent or the, uh, the opposite side to have equal amount of time and talk radio really wasn't born until after the fairness doctrine went away i don't know how it would work with the current talk radio yeah i don't know how it would work either i don't know if it's ever going to even come to be but my point is they're very upset about the possibility so many many conservative talk show hosts considering that that talk radio is dominated by conservative talk shows that's where the advertising dollars are spent that's what gets the ratings i mean the, there have been some liberal stations or so-called progressive stations that have done well but most of them have not most of them have tried the progressive format and they've died out um, you know, the market is apparently just not interested in having a lot of progressive talk radio on the air. And the, the, so the progressives are very upset about it, and they'd like to mandate that the progressives get equal amount of time on talk radio stations. And, of course, the conservatives, rightfully so, are very, very upset about it. Mm-hmm. But how they can be upset about the fairness doctrine and, at the same time, in support of passing laws that ban somebody from making a T-shirt with a few names on it is a total contradiction. It's this us versus them mentality, red team, blue team. Right. If our team passes laws against freedom of speech, then it's okay. And patriotic. Right. But if the other team passes laws against freedom of speech, then we'll vehemently oppose it. I mean, how, how mindless do you have to be to follow this, this mentality? It makes no sense. You, know, I was you aren't a- thinking. You were what? I was reading some of the articles here, and uh, some of the senators who passed this bill, it passed unanimously. um, Gosh. They're all going back on their statements now about it and saying that a lot of them, I read some articles saying, I wished I hadn't done it on... After thinking about it, it was a senior moment. And so some of them are now coming around a little bit, but... Too little, too late. Too little, too late. The law's been passed. Right. Now you've criminalized free speech. Congratulations. And it's not the first time. I mean, again, there have been plenty of examples of things like this happening. But uh, 
Once the law is passed, it doesn't usually go away. Once government gets bigger, even if the people who pass the laws realize afterwards, uh, um, 2020 hindsight, that it was a bad idea, it's stuck there. And getting rid of laws, as we've seen, is not very easy. Once they're there, they like to stick. Yeah. And what would happen? I mean, it's going. It could get worse. Either it's going to get overturned in court, which there's a possibility that's going to happen, Hopefully. or they're going to cite some sort of exemption like, uh, well, you know, they're not public figures, so therefore we're going to extend the definition of likeness to include their name. I mean, if that's the case, then newspapers can't print the lists of, mm-hmm. uh, of dead people because they're profiting from selling their newspapers. Right. I mean, really, this is just absolutely nutso. Yeah, the, um, there's, this violates the First Amendment in several ways. I mean, right there, like what you said, the newspapers printing articles, the freedom of the press, not only the freedom of speech, but freedom of the press, freedom to express your own views about things. I mean... Yes, you're apparently, Toby, you are now free to express your views so long as they agree with whatever, which, whichever party is in power in America. I feel so free. Yes, welcome to America. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. If you want free speech, you must stand up for those who are speaking things you disagree with. Otherwise, inevitably, you're going to lose your freedom of speech. Just wait. I'm predicting it. It's coming up. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. At 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Some of those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and do some shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. 41 categories to shop in huge selection of products and if you enter through that link amazon.freetalklive.com free talk live will get a percentage of your purchase you're going to have to do the shopping anyway you might as well do it through amazon.freetalklive.com so we're talking about the freedom of speech and uh, of course as i as i pointed out uh, as we're going to break if you desire the freedom to speak your mind whatever your whatever it is you have to say if you want to support some politician or you want to just spew hatred or whatever it is that you want to say you have to stand up for the rights of everyone else to speak what they want to say no matter how despicable no matter how distasteful their speech is Right. Oops. You have to stand for it. Some people just don't understand that the freedom of speech is it's the First Amendment is to protect unpopular speech. I think a lot of people don't understand that. If you don't need to protect the popular speech, everyone likes it and agrees with it. It's the unpopular speech that needs protection, that you need to have the right to say whatever you want, to make whatever you want, and put out the message of whatever you want. If you don't want to listen... Don't listen. Go away. But it's your everybody's right to have their own opinion and talk, put it on a T-shirt, whatever it is they want to do with it. In fact, I was looking at the comments on this uh, story from the Tucson Citizen about the, the new Arizona law that says that uh, that you cannot use names of soldiers on products, apparently, that you're trying to sell without their, uh, their family's permission. And one of the... Um, one of the comments here, and I don't have it in front of me, but one of the comments referenced the concept that, well, most people in Arizona don't want this kind of speech. Oh, wow. Let's have a popular vote on it. Right. Uh, this, is th- this is what's bad about democracy. A lot of people think that democracy is so great because everyone gets a say and the majority always wins. 
Well, it doesn't work out that way. It usually works out as two wolves and a sheep deciding what they have for dinner. Right. I don't care if 99% of Americans disagree with whatever the speech is that that's at issue, whether it be you know a racist hate speech or whether it be a bunch of names on a T-shirt. I don't care if a super, super majority of Americans disagrees with it. They should just uh, understand that it needs to be allowed. Because inevitably, it is going to come back around to bite you. Maybe these people think that their opinions are just so mainstream that it'll never be outlawed. That their type of speech, that their brand of speech, will never be threatened in this country. And maybe that's what they're thinking to themselves. Oh, wait till the other team gets in power. Wait until someone who you don't agree with is in power. And then just see how it works out for you. It's uh, it's an awfully brazen position to take. It's, uh, it's a very ballsy position and not really based on any sort of history. Uh, power ships. Um, new new people do get the get in control of the reins, and they'll pass their laws against your speech, and then you'll find yourself being rounded up and thrown into jail cells for selling the T-shirts that are talking out against the administration that you decide you don't like. So mm-hmm. if you like this current administration, inevitably there's going to be an administration that gets in that does that you don't agree with, and you're going to want to have T-shirts against it. You're going to want to have bumper stickers against it. But by that time, because of all the laws and regulations you've passed, those things won't be allowed it's a slippery slope to get on and too bad for you i'm it's going to be hard for me to cry for those people when the uh, the law finally does come back around for them but you can count on me to stand up in favor of everybody's freedom of speech oh yeah there's tons of speech that i don't like i don't want to see it and or hear it hate speech I, I don't want anything to do with it tons of speech i don't want to hear but i just don't listen to it because you know what Turn it off. Exactly. I have the power not to listen. You can close your, shut off your radio, close your eyes, turn around and do whatever you want. Now, here's another issue that's, I think, sort of tied in. I don't know if you could really call it a free speech issue, but uh, I would certainly call it a freedom of the press issue. This story out of uh, PenLive.com. Brian D. Kelly didn't think he was doing anything illegal when he used his video camera to record a Carlisle police officer during a traffic stop. Making movies is one of his hobbies, he said, and the stop was just another interesting event to film. Now he's worried about going to prison or being burdened with a criminal record. Kelly, who's 18, of Carlisle, was arrested on felony wiretapping charges with a penalty of up to seven years in state prison. His camera and film were seized by the police during the May 24th stop, he said, and he spent 26 hours in Cumberland County Prison until his mother posted her house as security for his $2,500 bail. Kelly's charged under a state law that bars the intentional interception or recording of anyone's oral conversation without their consent. The criminal case relates to the sound, not the pictures that his camera picked up. He said, I didn't think I could get in trouble for that. I screwed up, yeah. I don't. Uh, I now know that I can't do that. I just don't see how something like this should affect my entire life. Well, son, you should have known. Ignorance you, of the law is no excuse. Right. And actually, I got a great email recently that pointed out that the, the origin of that phrase that we make fun of so much on this show... The origin of the ignorance of the law phrase actually originates from the days of common law, when we didn't have all these man-made laws. The ignorance of common law is no excuse. The well, ignorance well, that makes a little more sense. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the idea being that, well, common law says don't hurt somebody else, don't right. damage their property. So but, if, you, if you are ignorant of that law, there's no excuse for that. You should have known better. But for all these man, man-made laws, of course there's an excuse. It's impossible to the, know these there's laws. There's literally millions of them. Uh, you could never know all the laws. But it won't keep this young man from spending seven, uh, up to seven years in prison, apparently. Whether that will happen could be determined during his preliminary hearing. No one seems intent on punishing him uh, harshly. Uh, the district attorney says, obviously, ignorance of the law is no defense. 
but often these cases come down to questions of intent. According to police, Kelly was riding in a pickup truck that had been stopped for alleged traffic violations. Police said the officer saw Kelly had a camera in his lap, aimed at him, and was concealing it with his hands. They said Kelly was arrested after he obeyed an order to turn the camera off and hand it over. The wiretap charge was filed after consultation with the deputy district attorney. Kelly said his friend was cited for speeding and because his truck's bumper was too low. He said he held the camera in plain view and turned it on when the officer yelled at his pal. After about 20 minutes, the officer cited the driver on the traffic charges and told the men they were being recorded by a camera in his cruiser, Kelly said. See, it's okay for the cops to record you, yep. but for you to record the cops apparently is, uh, is a violation of the law. Right. They can secretly record you all the time. They're, they can have a microphone on them, and I believe it's the oral conversation that's illegal in this, in this uh, case here. I, we covered this on Free Minds TV a couple of weeks ago, and there's, this isn't the only time something like this has happened. This is happening more it's and more. It's happened here in New Hampshire a yes, couple of has. times, as a matter of fact. The, uh, pretty much the same law is on the books here in New Hampshire, and... As I understand it, there's some sort of a press, obje- um, I guess, some sort of immunity for the press in regards to this, but I'm not positive on that. I've never actually read the law myself, and it would seem to me that if I have a video camera out and I tell the officer that by approaching this car, you're consenting to being recorded, right? that should be good enough. He shouldn't have to be able to agree or disagree with that. If you're within reach of my camera and we're in a public place, I should be able to record you. And I, I would hope that more people would be civilly disobedient on this particular issue because laws like this put organizations like Cop Watch in dire jeopardy. Oh, yeah. I've recorded the police, my interactions with the police. I had a video ca- um, uh, camera sitting right on my seat. The cops pulled me over, so I said on my dashboard, hey, mm-hmm. why not? And did um, you tell them about it? I, I didn't. It was right there. They should assume it's there. And plus, I I didn't know about the law at this time. This was a number of years ago. And I assumed, well, I might need to use this as evidence. And I actually did end up using it in, as evidence in court. Um, hmm. The officer admitted something that he shouldn't have admitted during the traffic stop, and it actually got me out, out of the ticket. Wow. And so that's what I thought I should be able to do. I can make whatever case I need to, uh, to present in court for this traffic stop I had, and that's how I used it. But apparently that was against the law. Luckily, I didn't get in trouble for it. 800-259-9231. Last year, uh, let's see, with the defense, one of the defense attorneys in the area defended another man in a street racing case that involved the wiretapping charge. Police claimed the man ordered associates to tape police breaking up an illegal race after officers told him to turn off their cameras. That wiretapping count was dismissed when the man pleaded guilty to charges of illegal racing, defiant trespass, and obstruction of justice. He was sentenced to probation. An exemption to the wiretapping law allows police to film people during traffic stops, says Mank. So there's actually an exemption written into the law that mm-hmm. allows the cops to use cameras. Magnuson said his, or Margeson said his department's cruisers are equipped with cameras and officers are told to inform people during incidents that they are being recorded. First District Attorney Jamie Keating said the case law is in flux as to whether police can expect not to be recorded while performing their duties. Uh, Anyway, it goes. No, what I I read when I was reading this article, the police stated their Fourth Amendment uh, of privacy is the reason that they shouldn't be recorded. You're invading their privacy. You don't have privacy if you're in in a a public public place, place. exactly. And uh, I find it really ironic. And especially if you're a public servant, so called. I find it really ironic that it's the police are citing the Fourth Amendment when how often do they respect your Fourth Amendment right? They could give a flip about your Fourth Amendment rights. 800-259-9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. Whether you want to talk about freedom of speech, you're welcome to do that or bring up whatever's on your mind. 
It's all up to you if you make the call. 1-800-259-9231. Hour number two's on the way. The latest on the Gennaro Wilson sex tape that's been revealed. We'll talk about that coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, Toby, we are talking about freedom of speech, and I'll get to the Gennaro Wilson story here in a little bit. I was digging around through my email box, and I found a link to a story that somebody had sent me that I think ties into this whole freedom of speech thing pretty effectively. Uh, last hour we were talking about this law in uh, the state of Arizona that was recently passed that apparently mimics laws that exist in four, uh, three other states, four states total now, that say that uh, you cannot manufacture products utilizing the names of soldiers without their uh, dead soldiers without their uh, family's permission. And while it's an emotional issue for a lot of people, probably those uh, individuals with military ties or those who are inevitably in favor of everything that the current administration does, Mm -hmm. it's it's a bit chilling in regards to the freedom of speech. And as we pointed out, if you continue to pass laws like this, inevitably the other side's going to get in control, and they're going to they're going to use the same laws to enforce on you. And here's one example of how it could work uh, very very easily in the opposite direction. This story from Rapid City, uh, the Rapid City Journal, RapidCityJournal.com. Heather Mariah loves the personalized license plates on her silver Prius, encouraging the impeachment of President George W. Bush. But someone doesn't agree, and that somebody complained to the state government. And now the South Dakota's Division of Motor Vehicles is trying to recall the plates, which read M-P-E-A-C-H-W, as in impeach W. All right. And if Moriah doesn't turn them in voluntarily, the state might send law enforcement officers to pick them up. Even so, she's not immediately inclined to cooperate. She says, I don't think I'm going to play. The plate isn't in poor taste. It's not sexual in nature or pornographic. To me, a political message should not be considered offensive. But Division of Motor Vehicles bureaucrat director Deb Hillman, or Hilmer rather, said Thursday that the law clearly gives the state authority to recall the plates and have them forcibly removed if necessary. Forcibly. And although only one person complained about Mariah's political statement, that's all it takes to recall a set of vanity plates, says Hilmer. So does that mean you couldn't have something that says Go W or something like that? I mean, does this... In uh, theory, if someone is of, offended. So if, if someone's offended about any license plate, I can call up and say I'm offended and they'll, they'll take it away? Well, if the bureaucrat is also similarly right. offended, I'm sure. Because, I mean, this is, this is odd. I mean... Right. Normally, you hear about these cases when it's, you know, F, U, and yes. S. I mean, right. if, if they can creatively get an offensive message through the censors in the first place, because to get a personalized plate, obviously, it has to get right. the, go through the state in the first place. So if they can, you know, create a message that some bureaucrat just passes over, didn't really notice, and then somebody gets offended on the road and calls it in or writes it in, then uh, they, they usually pull those. But this is the first time I've ever heard of them pulling a politically oriented license plate. Right. I've never seen anything pulled any story about one being pulled except for something that's vulgar that like you said that got by 
Right. Now, imagine how this would work if uh, there, again, were if things were rever- if the roles were reversed. If some uh, leftist administration was in power at the State Department of Motor Vehicles or in the state government, and then somebody got offended by, you know, like an environmental plate or something like that. I love the earth or love the environment. You know, that's offensive to me. I'm just trying to think of some, right. oh, yeah. some lefty issue. Or uh, national health care sucks. I know you can only use seven letters uh Something that would offend a uh, a lefty. They could call it in, say I'm offended by this, and whoever the lefty is that's in charge of the Department of Motor Vehicles at that time would be able to yank that person's plates. It's the same principle, and this shows you how absolutely asinine these restrictions of free speech are. No, I'm real proud of this woman saying that she's not going to play ball with the with the politicians here and give up her plates, go down easily. I, I hope she follows through with it. I mean, I it can so be too. scary when the force of the government comes down like this. I mean, they're not just going to take away the plates. They say they're going to come and forcibly remove them. They want those plates back. She's not allowed to just keep them for memento purposes. Well, the state uh, the state will claim it owns the plates. Oh, yes. Even you though you re- paid for them, yep. the state will claim it owns them, just like the state claims it owns your Social Security card. And you, you didn't just pay a little bit for them. You paid way more than those plates were worth. It's a quite it's a not free to get vanity plates. That's true. Here's what the bureaucrat said. Uh, the, again, this is the d- director of the Department of Motor Vehicles. Quote, I'm following the letter of the law. It's offensive to someone and not in good taste and decency. And the plates are the property of the state of South Dakota. Unquote. State law declares motor vehicle license plate to be the property of the state as long as the plates are valid. The law also personal allow pers- allows personalized plates with as many as seven letters for an extra $25 fee. But it gives DMV officials the right to refuse to issue, quote, any letter combination which carries connotations offensive to good taste and decency. Good taste and decency. Decency. Now, that's that decency standard coming up about what is decency. Right. It's a, it's a totally subjective, arbitrary concept. It's whatever the director decides is decent. So if the director agrees with your political inclinations, then your plate is decent. Oh, if good. the director disagrees, then it's indecent. State law, uh, let's see, Hilmer says that MPHW meets that criterion. The plates never would have been issued if DMV officials had caught their meaning at the time Mariah applied, said Hilmer. Quote, this was one that we found that we apparently missed when it came through originally, and we received a complaint from the individual that, an individual that found it offensive. She said, now, can you imagine that... What sort of a loser you have <laughs> to be to uh, to take the time to write a complaint to the Department of Motor Vehicles over a, over a license plate you didn't like? Can you imagine being the kind of person who wants to have communications with the DMV? I mean, I dread right. every interaction I have with them, and to voluntarily take time out of your day to contact the DMV about that? Wow. You, you have to be a busybody of the lowest order to do something like this. She said uh, she declined to identify the individual or provide the contents of the complaint, saying, I don't think we ever would have issued it if we'd picked up on what it was inferring. Well, you know, that depends, Ms. Hilmer. If one of your bureaucrats is more politically inclined towards the uh, this particular license plate, they would have just passed it right through. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's it's likely that the person did pick it up. And they just and they they got a chuckle it. out of it, <laughs> smiled, and, and let it just go right through. Uh, Mariah said she brought her bought her Prius last summer and fitted it with a personalized plate similar to those who um, to those her partner Kurt Finnegan has on his car and his plates read I M P C H W. 
but apparently they haven't yanked those back. Uh, Mariah said uh, she's received plenty of positive reactions in public to her plates and that negative responses have been rare. So she was surprised to receive the letter from the DMV announcing the recall and giving her 10 days to turn in the plates uh, at the treasurer's office or the DMV office. The letter said the DMV would issue a refund on the months remaining on Mariah's license. Oh, isn't that nice of them? So kind. She's hesitant to give up the plates, however, because she believes her free speech rights are being unnecessarily limited. She said, quote, it's kind of sad to me. For one person to be able to say they're offended because it's different from their political beliefs seems really arbitrary. And I don't think the law is very clear about what offensive means. Of course not. No law is ever clear about that. It's all, it's all completely arbitrary, and it all has to do with whatever the belief systems are of the bureaucrats who are in charge of the programs, whether it be the DMV and their license plates or the FCC and their regulations. Quote, they have every right to, to use that free speech, but they need... Uh, but they need to do it with a bumper sticker, said the bureaucrat. That plate is the property of South Dakota, and that message is not something the state should advocate. It wouldn't matter if the political message or the president were different, she said. It would be inappropriate on a state plate. Oh, yeah, sure it would. Sure. Mariah has contacted. I'd be interested to see what uh, political party Ms. Hilmer is registered with. Oh, yeah, that would be quite interesting. Mariah has contacted the ACLU, which intends to protest this recall in a letter to the state. Said it's unlikely the ACLU will pursue legal action in part because she's planning a move to Pennsylvania in the next few months, which may be a reason why I I looked for an update on this case and, and couldn't find it. She just might have moved. Uh, Finnegan has already moved there and has replaced his plates for Pennsylvania plates, and they hope to move in July. Yeah, I could, I could understand. You know, that might be a reason why they'd want to uh, to move out of the state. Maybe they feel like they aren't wanted there, uh, feeling a little bit discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Can totally understand that. Rapid City lawyer Patrick Duffy says there's plenty of reason to complain. Duffy, who's worked on key civil rights cases involving American Indian voting issues, said action by the state means that any personalized plate must be recalled because of a single complaint, no matter what the message. He says what this means is that every atheist can now wipe out anything that seems to refer to God. Will vanity plates for members of the armed forces suddenly be declared offensive if they offend a single uh, pacifist? It's absolutely preposterous. Even obscenity must be judged by the mores and standards of a community, not just one offended individual, Duffy said. It's more of people just being offended for the sake of being offended. That's right. It seems like Americans really are just sort of out looking to be offended by and things. And it's pretty easy. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves because you still have a little bit of free speech left. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the wiki. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. See what I mean by heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. To the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Brendan in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live, Brendan. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, you guys were talking about the uh, PA state government yesterday, the shutdown. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and you guys were talking about how the driver's license place got shut down, and you guys thought that was a little odd. Yes. Uh, did you Did you know what they kept open? Uh, well, I know they did the uh, the, the police departments. They kept those open. What else? Yeah, yeah, those those things they kept open, but they also kept open liquor stores, casinos, <laughs> and the lottery. So, so wait, so you guys have state-run liquor stores there? Yes, we do. We you can't. It, 
it's I used to live in Tennessee. Now I live in well, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I moved to Tennessee, moved mm-hmm. back, and the difference is insane. You can't. They have all these six pack laws. Like you talk about alcohol laws, Pennsylvania's cream of the crop. <laughs> So it wasn't too important to keep the driver's bureau open uh, open to uh, to give people driver's licenses and that sort of thing, because apparently you being able to get from point point A to point B, so-called legally, isn't important to the state. But selling you uh, some, uh, you know, a fifth of whiskey is pretty important. Uh, apparently, and the reason that they kept the casinos open was that uh, at the beginning of the year they had just gotten approval to open casinos in Pennsylvania. And all the casinos that had just opened up had threatened to take all the money that they gave to the state to open up away. So really the surplus that they were fighting over uh, wouldn't have even existed if they had uh, told the casinos that they had to close. So now the casinos aren't state-run, but they are state-regulated, and so they kept the state regulatory agencies online is is what happened? Or are the states running the casinos? Yeah, because they have to have the the regulation there in order to stay open. So called. Uh, (laughs) And the casinos gave money to the state in order to uh, sort of, I guess, maybe even to get the legislation through. uh, Sure, they did. So that the state was getting something, you know, scratch their back, you scratch theirs. Got to pay people uh, off. What was that? I just got to pay people off. Pay off the bureaucrats if you want to play ball with them. Grease the palms. Exactly. Exactly. So, so now, did uh, did everything, did society crumble with all these uh, government bureaucracies shut down on that one day? Um, no, not at all. In fact, no. the worst part about it was people were angry that they couldn't go out on the, I, I live in Erie, right off of Lake Erie, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a, Presque Isle is a very popular place for people to go to the beaches and things like that. Pretty much every three minutes on the news, they just went back to this story about how people couldn't go on vacation and go out on the beach uh, in Erie because all these things were closed down where, you know, they normally have a, a force of seven park attendants and they had to go down to two. But you so, can't run the beach without the bureaucrats there. Amazing. The, exactly. The, the government is responsible for beaches now. That's ludicrous. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. what it's like on a, on a lake beach, but down in Florida, there's just a parking lot and you go to the beach. There's no need for any employees on the beach. Well, but what do they do? I mean, Rope the off the lots? The main difference with with a with a lake and and the ocean would be that they have to import the sand and everything, so there was like the upkeep costs that they were worried about. Um, but they did block they blocked the roads going into the park, and they not only blocked the roads, they blocked the bike paths so that people that normally go on walks and ride wow. their bikes to get exercise could not go onto the peninsula. Amazing. It sounds like they were just showing like, look at what happens when you don't have the government. You can't even ride your bike without the government. Yeah, it does sound well, like yeah, that. It, I mean, it just it goes to show that, you know, you can keep your casino open as long as you give us, you know, $50 million or whatever. But, uh, you know, if you want to go ride your bike and get some exercise, well, that's okay. You right, yeah, that. riding your bike, getting exercise, going for a swim, that's out. But drinking some whiskey and going to the casino, that's okay. We'll keep those going on. It's just amazing. These people are... Yeah, so I don't know if that lady with the license plate will like Pennsylvania any better. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it, Brendan. 800-259-9231. And, and none of this would have happened had uh, the government never been allowed to get its nasty little fingers into parks in the first place. Mm-hmm. If we had privately owned parks... As we very easily could, uh, if the government would just simply sell them off to the highest bidder or something like that, then uh, then those private uh, private park owners would never shut their parks down. Oh yeah, people like to go to the park, and people are willing to pay for it. I mean, they're all they're paying for it out of their tax dollars right now. Right, they're paying for it whether or not they go to the park right. now. 
But if they it was a private park, people would be able to decide based on whether they want to go or not. And the parks would stay open year-round because that yep. is a demand. And, and uh, I'm sure there are people out there saying, but Toby, they're ch- you shouldn't charge people for <laughs> parks. They're so pretty. You should just be able to go in and not pay anything. And I think that the people are th- that are thinking that they'll go- they're going to be charged for the parks are being a little short-sighted. I think what you'd end up having is a, a variety of options. Sure, there may be some parks that will charge for access, you know, maybe 50 mm-hmm. cents to get into the park. It couldn't be a lot. I mean, it's not like Disney World where there are a bunch of rides or uh, things that need to be uh, upkept except for just picking up trash. Basically lawn care, yeah, and right. picking up trash. So it wouldn't cost a lot of money to charge people to get in. But there could be alternative ways to fund the parks. Uh, there could be advertiser-supported parks or sponsored parks. I don't mean billboards through, you know... I'm not talking about some sort of uh, area with a lush foliage and flowers, and then there's this huge, ugly billboard in the middle of it. I'm saying that when you enter the park, maybe there would be uh, some signage there at the front of the park that says, you know, this park brought to you by, and then three or four local businesses that are sort of well-known in the community or want to be more better known in the community. It doesn't even need to be a business. Right here in Keene, there's a park that uh, they didn't have the tax dollars, didn't want to, taxpayers didn't want to pay for it, so they got local people to do a brick campaign where they got tons of people to go out and and each pay $100 for a brick. It only costs like $10 to make the brick, and the rest goes towards the park, and it pays for putting in the walkway and um, upkeep right. of the park. That's the park that's right by the, the studio here? Yes. Um, in fact, there's a bridge at that park that was provided by a local business. It was a gift to the to the park from a local business to celebrate its 50th anniversary. And there's just, there's just a little plaque. It's very tasteful oh, yeah. on the side of the bridge. It's not uh, obtrusive at all. And it's a beautiful bridge, and uh, it wouldn't be there if it, weren't for that, uh, if it weren't for that business. So it's just one example. And then there's also the possibility that there could be sort of a contributor's fund to the park mm-hmm. to where the park could simply just be run on a voluntary basis as far as you can come in for free to the park, and we're just simply asking you for contributions. Join up and you know, be a, a club member, a park club member, get some perks or something like that. Get invited to, you know, an occasional exclusive uh, members-only concert or members-only uh, shindig in the park or something like that. Right. And when we have these uh, government-run parks, people f- don't really respect them as much. They figure, well, everyone owns them, so I'll just throw my trash on the ground. If you're in a private park and people know that it's going to cost more money or it, you're going to have to start paying to go to the park if we have to hire someone for it, you're not only going to have people respecting it more, but you're also going to have volunteers coming out there and helping out since right now they go well i'm already paying for someone to go out there and clean up the trash so i'm not going to take time out of my saturday and go do it but if it was there if they cared about the park and they knew that someone else wasn't being paid to do it i'm sure there was there would be volunteers who would be interested in doing that absolutely and we've come up with just sitting here in this studio you and i just talk show hosts we've come up with at least three different ways to fund the parks oh yeah and there's direct there's myriads of more exactly there's uh you know We've come up with three ways, but we're not the entrepreneurs that are going to be owning these parks. We aren't the ones that are going to be behind the scenes making the decisions. Those who are in search of the profit, or many of the organizations maybe not for profit. I mean, we don't know how the market would organize itself with private parks, but there are a lot of different options, probably some things we haven't even thought of yet. And the fact is, it'll work better, and the parks will be more beautiful out of the government's hands. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. And those features include archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, totally free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about the joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones, to the fun, it's Dave in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Long live free speech. Hey, Dave, what's and, on your uh, mind? personalized uh, plate lady. I think uh, impeachment is a constitutional act, isn't it? So yes, I, I believe it is. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, apparently shows, one uh, person was offended by this lady's license plate, and they complained, and I, I guess that's enough to get it uh, yanked. I think we could uh, take for granted that it was a Republican that made the complaint, can't we? But not, Presumably. I'm not saying I'm Democrat pro-democrat because i think that democrats and a republican think they're the king and queen and i say like a true american death to the king and queen vote libertarian i'm with you man. anyway uh i think that this uh shows the hypocrisy of the republican or the conservative right or whatever you want to call them they're always saying the constitution stick to the constitution <laughs> this and the constitution and, right. and every time that they they get upset it's because they don't like somebody practicing the constitution so i death to the republicans death to the democrats long live the yeah, that's all they're all about. The left and the right, the Republicans and the Democrats, they're all for the Constitution. Anybody right. that uses these words, though, we could tell wh- wh- where they're coming See, from. See, their, the, their the trick is, Dave, American, man. right, their trick is, as Freedom long as it's their people. interpretation of the Constitution. See, their interpretation is different from your interpretation, and since they're in power, your interpretation guys. doesn't matter. This king and queen's been tearing this country apart long enough, and it's time we show them that they're no good, and we don't show them no, at the voting uh, polls, show them no respect. Yep, stop obeying bad laws, and stop voting for bad Republicans and Democrats. Dave, final thoughts? Uh, final thought is... Uh, I think that the American spirit could stand up to anything thrown at it. And as long as uh, we act American and we see anything that's un-American and speak out against it and speak loud and speak it clear, that, you know, we could, you know, keep this good thing alive. I hope so, too. I, I'm with you on that, Dave. And we should... down in every, every which way we turn. Yep. Thank you for the call, David. Appreciate it. I agree with him, yep. and we need to do it while we still can. I like a lot what he said. Um, the one thing is that's exactly what the uh, Republicans and Democrats say too: is uh, we got to stay American, and as long as we re- remember what is American and this and that. But it's just because of this cloak that they have in themselves, and they uh, put this cloak of freedom and liberty behind them in the Constitution when right. they preach the complete opposite. So as long as people can understand the principles in free, of liberty and freedom, that's what's, what it's all about. It's not To me, it's not about, about what soil I'm on. Like I, I love the, what the American message is supposed to mean of liberty and freedom, but what I really love is the principles of limited government or... Even further, I don't know. I'm not sure where I stand on that yet. But more freedom is good for me. 
principles. I think that's the important part of what you're talking about, Toby. And most Americans don't understand principle. Most Americans, you know, they know there's a constitution out there and they know there's a bill of rights. And, you know, they might have read it back in uh, when they were in high school. And, you know, they may have a basic understanding of freedom of speech and the right to bear arms and some of the basics of the bill of rights. But what they don't understand is principle. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that uh, principle is more important than the constitution. In fact, uh, principle, in my opinion, trumps the Constitution. The, the, arguing from the point of the Constitution is arguing from a point of weakness because right. of the interpretation factor. Because whenever who, whenever it's X party that's in control, well, all that matters is their interpretation of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Some believe it's a living document that can change with the times, that the interpretation must change as according to what's going on in the country at that time and what the, the country needs. Of course, what the country needs is what's according to their opinion, uh, and, and not based on any sort of principle. No, none of the interpretations of the Constitution are based on principle. They're based on what those political operatives want. They're based on what sort of laws they want to see passed, and they'll, they'll twist and they'll turn the wording in the Constitution to make it so it sounds like it means what they want it to mean. And so you can't argue with these Republicans and Democrats on the Constitution. You can't, you can't because they'll just, they'll just say, well, I'm sorry, my interpretation's different, and I, I'm in charge. So, sorry. I love the idea of the Constitution, but unfortunately, it hasn't worked. It was designed to create a small and limited government, but clearly, we don't have that anymore. Clearly, the Constitutional did not work. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, I wish it did. I kind of like arguing with it just because a lot of people think it has backing and it's in a lot of people's minds that, oh, it's Constitutional. And so it's an easy point to get at some people and bring up points with, but... All in all, the Constitution has not worked to keep the government small and keep us with freedoms and liberties. It's, it's a, I'm sure that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. You know, to, I'm to still come, having trouble with it. Right, to come to that understanding. I used to be you know, a constitutional kind of a guy, and then I figured out that, oh, wait, it hasn't prevented the... It's either, see, I like, like what Lysander Spooner said about it in the, uh, the, the 19th century. He said that the Constitution has, has done one of two things. It has either authorized the tyranny that we're experiencing, it's either authorized mm-hmm. the big government, or it's, done, it's been powerless to prevent it. That One makes sense. Other. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Frank, what's on your mind? Hi, guys. Well, you know, I was a little disturbed to hear the last comment about the Constitution, because ultimately it is the document that is interpreted by the courts, and actually, it is the foundation for all laws within this country. It's the foundation so for us, allegedly. To say that the interpre- yes, the interpretation evolves and changes historically. We've seen that. An example, there was a time when separate was ruled as equal, and then there was a time in the 50s when separate was viewed as unequal. But the point is this. Uh, the Constitution is basically all that we have, in a sense, and... Without it, we certainly wouldn't have, you know, the Bill of Rights that have been violated so blatantly by this Bush administration. But there is the possibility for remedy with uh, judicial review, with the Supreme Court review. What a waste of time, though. Well, it is, it is but the point is, uh, yes, it is sad that it's often so slow, the process. But Right. Well, it, not only that, Frank, but they've also they've also interpreted the Constitution in many, many ways that favors the state and favors the growth of government. That's correct. And the first case the, the Supreme Court ever decided was Marbury versus Madison, which specified that the federal government's 
uh, laws take precedence over the states. Yeah. And that was, you know, uh, the very first case. Yep. That's so, the Supreme Court heard. The, the Constitution's that, done that nothing more precedent. than slow the growth of the state. It's done nothing Pardon more me? than be a bump in the road uh, for those big government freaks that just want to impose their way on everybody else. That's all it's really been good for. Yeah, you know, I wanted uh, the reason why I called was actually to comment on the license plate, and I would say this that uh, considering that the term, as the one caller said, impeachment is not offense. It's actual. It's actually specified within the Constitution. But I would say this. The woman has every right to keep her license plate. Dissent is patriotic. It's a First Amendment uh, uh, cause. And I would say this also, that uh, it was the state that authorized the creation of this vanity plate. The state accepted the money, which, which is actually part of a binding contract, and yeah, but you know, the state claims I, if I were the woman, the, I wouldn't give it up. I would demand – if she loses it, I would demand the state pay damages. Well, and the state's not going to do that. The state's going to say that their contract, their contract specifies that they own the plate and they can revoke it at, at, uh, at their whim. Yeah, but, you know, if it was, if it was a mistake to issue it, uh, you know, she did nothing in violation of even the hate speech laws, which most of the states through federal laws have accepted. So, I mean, there's nothing really offensive in that statement except to maybe one of Bush's relatives. And right. I, I mean, I, it's just as... Should, I, I'm with you, Frank. Picture, I'm with you, but I don't expect that anything's going to happen in the, in the favor of this woman. The state's going to yank the plate, and she's actually moving out of the area anyway, so it's really become a moot point. But nonetheless, interesting call. Thank you for it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features totally free on the site. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then consider shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. we got Free Talk Live branded merchandise, and even merchandise that we're selling doesn't even have our logo on it just because we think it's cool. Uh, you can see what I mean by going over to store.freetalklive.com and placing your order. Uh, very good quality merchandise. Uh, for the most part, though, we are having an issue with the Free Talk Live multi-gadget that we're trying to resolve right now, but as a result, it, it wasn't as quality. It wasn't the quality level that we want to purvey in our store, so as a result, we've slashed the cost on it to to cost to our cost, so we aren't making a, a penny on the uh, the Free Talk Live multi gadget at this point. And uh, oh, sounds like a deal. I know the other <sighs> stuff is quality. I have a couple T-shirts from the store and stuff, and I like them. They're they're great because yes. uh, people see the logo and they ask you about it, and it's a great way to bring up um, the conversation of so Free Talk Live. Oh, I I people I wear and people like a fist with a phone. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Store.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done to the phones to Mac in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. Good evening again, gentlemen. Hey, dude. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to respond to the uh, Republican-Democrat uh, freedom uh, talk you had with Dave. Okay. And I just wanted to say, as I'm driving home on my dirt road, that uh, you know the Republicans and the Democrats have been playing both sides ever since the '60s. You know, a Democrat will run as a Republican, and a Rhino and a Rhino will run as a Democrat. I mean, look at George Bush; he was supposed to be this conservative, and he's turned out to be the biggest liberal in history, spending lives <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, he makes totally Bill Clinton look like a choir boy as far as conservatism is concerned, especially with the crimes. Especially with the crimes. And all I want to say is, 
by golly, there's one guy out there that's playing their system, and that's Ron Paul, and he's a libertarian constitutionalist that's running as a Republican. Oh, yes, we are and very aware of Mr. Paul. In fact, uh, I, I think that, uh, Toby, you guys have certainly been uh, blatantly supporting him on uh, Free Minds TV at freemindstv.com. Yeah. We've actually been doing a segment on him every week for the past couple well, months. I, and I we've been trying to get him on this show, Mac, but it just hasn't happened yet. Well, all I know is I don't have TV out here in the woods, and like I said, I'm totally off-grid, and you guys, I told you that before, so the only thing I have is radio, and I listen to you guys and, and other radios, and and, uh, and I like your program, but you got to remember to stand up for the people that are really telling the truth, and that Ron Paul is telling the truth, and we got to support him with everything we got. I, d I do try to remember to disclaim Ron Paul whenever I'm trashing on all the other politicians in Washington, D.C. It's just so easy to trash on them all at once and just so, sort of forget about Ron. But, yes, it, it, it's important to remember that uh, there is an exception to the rule in Washington, and, and that same, exception is Ron Paul. It's the same with the cops. I mean, you remember the sheriff down there in Arizona that took uh, took the uh, uh, gun case to the Supreme Court, you know, and, and it all came back down to the after the Supreme, after he won, you know, it really did come right back to states' rights. I'm not sure if I if I remember what you're talking about. Can you refresh me on that? Well, I forget the guy's name. That the ten year anniversary was about three weeks ago. Um, there was a states' rights case. A sheriff, uh, sheriff in one of the counties down there, uh, took the case of about uh, gun control all the way to the Supreme Court, and he won. And they certainly didn't uh, uh, talk about it a whole bunch. But uh, the 10-year anniversary was just here about three weeks ago. What was the case re, uh, regarding? I'm not familiar with it. Uh, it, was, it was regarding the Brady Bill. But what specifically, I mean, was overturned, or what uh, What was the issue at hand? Well, I, I, I don't have the specifics. He's got a book out. Uh, can't remember everything right off the top of my head. I just I can't remember his name, but... But basically, the state, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you know, it really does come down to the sheriff has the most power in any county. The feds don't have power. You know, the, the staters don't have power. It always comes back to the sheriffs in the county. And, uh, and if the sheriffs in, in all these different counties around the country would stand up and not let the feds run over them, we could clean this country up quick. Now, when you're saying uh, the sheriff should stand up to the feds, I mean, are you are you advocating that people should be able to own guns that the feds have said they shouldn't be able to, that uh, gun control laws are... Well, oh yes, uh, of course I am, because it's not the feds... Uh, I mean, those rights were given to us before there was ever... before there was ever a, even a Bill of Rights for Constitution. Those rights to defend ourselves were given to us by God. So you're saying that the sheriff in this case was defending the rights of his uh, constituents to own federally prohibited firearms. Exactly, and he won. That's and, good. And, and he won, and it's a big case, and I... And I'll, I'll try to do some research and call you back. Mac, right. I, th I think you're right about that, and uh, and I and it's good to hear that there's at least one or two sheriffs out there <laughs> with the courage to do something like that. But most sheriffs don't have that courage, and the reason why is because most of them are getting federal dollars, and all those federal dollars have all kinds of strings attached to them that say that well, if you're going to take this homeland security money, for instance, then you have to comply with all of these federal regulations and rules. And most of those sheriffs are not willing to throw that money 
away uh, in order to uh, to to give the uh, the constituents in their area the freedom that they deserve, and that's that's really the sad the sad state of affairs in this country. So congratulations to whoever that was, and uh, thank you for bringing that up. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because I agree. I mean, if you if you have the right to bear arms, you should be able to bear whatever damn arms you feel like bearing if it's on oh, yeah. your property. And these twenty, I've heard as high as twenty five thousand gun laws on Probably, the federal yeah. level. I mean. None of them are constitution constitutional. Uh, yep. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. I don't know where it says except for these 20,000 federal gun laws on top of the state and local laws that we have out here. And all of these federal strings and requirements and the, 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 the money that they take from, uh, from the taxpayers and they redistribute to the states with all these strings attached to them, if, if only more localities had the courage to say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. We don't need your funds. We don't need your money. We don't want to follow your rules anymore. New Hampshire has had the courage to do that on some issues, like with the uh, the helmet laws yep. and the seatbelt seat laws. They have they have rejected the federal money. They've they've rejected the federal bribes, but they haven't been able to do it in other areas, like the war on drugs and uh, in a variety of other areas. And so I wish that we'd see more courage in that particular way. It would make individual areas in this country more autonomous, more in um, more I guess set apart from the feds. Mm-hmm. More able to legislate on their own as far as uh, you know, going flying, legislating in, in the face of the feds, or even legislating that uh, laws that say that the feds aren't allowed to enforce certain laws in their area. Man, I would love to see. It would uh, be great, great to see politicians stand up. Just see the politicians stand up for their own state's rights. But when they see that carrot being dangled in front of them, that mm-hmm. little bit of cash, they'll jump at it. We see them jumping at a, a lot of them um, accepting money for real ID, even though it's an unfunded mandate. It comes with this little teeny piece of the carrot. They, they say yep. you can have $3 million and then you fund the other $9 million on, on your own. But that $3 million, they can't give it up. Any amount of money, they'll take it. And education is another huge area where I think, I think I've read that 6% of your local education funding is coming from the feds, but they... They have it's just insane amounts of control. More than six percent amount of the control. control. Yep, exactly right. So, um, you know, the more the more the, the your localities take federal money, the more homogenized uh, all local governments become. The more federal uh, the, those governments become, and that's a bad thing for freedom. I mean, I'm not in favor of all the local governments' rules myself, but I'm even less in favor of them just bowing down to the feds. Oh, yeah, one size fits all system never works, and centralization having one. One place give all the laws for all the lands? Uh, absolutely not. How could they? I mean, how could you? How one could claim that uh, you should have the same legislation in uh, the same rules in New Hampshire as you do in in California? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it, I would like to see the federal government just absolved com- completely, uh, just removed, and just allow the states to compete for for population. Let the states compete on a basis of law and and uh, compete for who's going to move there. If if the laws become too restrictive, then people will move to other states where they feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, is it really important for the kids in California to be learning the exact same thing and have the exact same curricu- curriculum as kids here in New Hampshire? Right. Is that really necessary? Is that what works the best? I don't want that uh, because uh, California is a bunch of socialists out there, and I don't want their curriculum here in New Hampshire, and I don't want any state-approved uh, curriculum. And again, it sounds like I'm arguing from a small government standpoint here, and I don't want to be, but but I'm just sort of trying to argue from a decentralist principle, the idea right. that centralization is inefficient. Centralization is uh, it's the worst way to do things. Didn't we learn our lesson from the communists? 
How many times does socialism have to fail for us to figure it out? Oh, wait, wait, wait. But our brand of socialism, they just were off right here. We fixed it, and oh. this will work. Oh, because Americans can do everything right. They can do socialism right, too, apparently. And everything looks great on paper. Oh, gosh. It's just a mess, and it needs to go away. And uh, it, all it takes is just a little bit of courage from some of the politicians. But they're politicians, and they're not known for their courage. So... Well, we've seen a little bit of it from them here in New Hampshire, yeah. but really not enough. We Hope, need we need a little bit more. Hopefully we'll get some more free staters elected here in 2008, and then maybe the tides will start to turn a little bit. 800-259-9231. Stan in Montana. Bill in Virginia. We'll take your calls coming up in hour number three. Talk to you about whatever you want to talk about if you make the call. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. As we launch an hour number three, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Then again, freetalklive.com, the show about your calls. We roll right into the phones and talk to Stan in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Stan. Hey, Ian and Toby. Hey, what's on your mind? I want to pardon, first of all, I'm on a cell phone. I might lose you guys. That's okay. It's a risk we're willing to take. What's on your mind, Stan? I just want to point out, um, South Dakota said that uh, those tags belonged to them as long as they were legal. That's correct. As long as they were valid. Yes. Once they revoked them, they were no longer valid. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, So the the plates were hers to keep. The only thing she had to do was take that validation sticker off, turn that back in, and she could have kept those plates. She couldn't have ran a car with them, but she could have kept the plates. I suppose you're right about that, maybe. I didn't really, it wasn't clear to me. I don't recall, and I don't have the article in front of me at this point, as to whether or not the state was demanding the plate back or not. They said they were going to come and remove them, I think. Yeah, well, that was if she didn't voluntarily turn the plate in. Maybe they wanted her to turn the plate in, and they were counting on her being ignorant, in that uh, she didn't know that she could just turn the uh, the sticker in or whatever. Yeah, because, you know, they don't issue you, most states don't issue new plates every year. They right. issue you a little sticker. That's true, although, you know, who knows what the rules are there in South Dakota. Of course, we're referring to a story we talked about earlier in the show where a woman had a uh, impeached W uh, bumper uh, or, or tag rather on her car, and one person was offended. They called the state, and the state uh, then uh, were, wants to force her now to uh, to turn the plate back in. And, uh, you know, I think they want to take the plate out of circulation if they possibly can get away with that simply because they don't want her, I don't know, displaying it elsewhere. They don't want the offensive plates to be in the hands of the people. So, for instance, if she'd gotten an FU plate through or something like that, they wouldn't want her to keep that either, I guess. Stan? We did lose Stan. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Bill in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind, Bill? Uh, I was just calling in to sort of uh, point out that every once in a while, tyranny helps promote liberty. Really? Well, you mean like the rise of tyranny inevitably will make more and more people upset at the state and uh, and therefore, by proxy, promote the ideas of freedom? 
That is sure the way it seems to be going. I mean, you know, if you think it's getting bad in your state, focus on the fact that there's going to be no one there to help you make things better. <laughs> Why is that, Every Bill? Every time I turn around, there's somebody either coming into my shop or giving me a call on the phone telling me I can't stand it anymore. I'm following you to New Hampshire. Every it's time you really turn around? Creepy. Are you getting that many calls? It, well, I mean, how many have you gotten telling you that people are following you to New Hampshire? Well, we're on the radio, Bill, so it's it's probably more likely we'll get those calls. But, but how yes. many have you had? We've had a number of them, sure. That they're that they're following you specifically? Oh, me specifically? I don't know. I mean, there's certainly a lot of people that have listened to Free Talk Live that have been inspired by the uh, the idea of the Free State Project that are certainly coming on board, and and uh, that's that I definitely find very exciting. I'm getting three, four, five, six people who are, you know, either going or seriously considering it. That's awesome. Well, that's because you're you're actually making a move. Do you feel like that 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 you're inspiring them because you're doing it instead of just talking about it? Um, that that could definitely, uh, you know, be something uh, that would push them. I mean, you know, a lot of people sit there and complain about it. That's probably been a lot of people's biggest complaint with the Libertarian Party is it's sort of a debating society. You know, sure. shut up and do it. Shut up and change something about it. Stop complaining and, you know, start fomenting a revolution. Right, and you're right. You're absolutely right that all the doers are going to be here. The best doers, at least, in my opinion, are going to be here in New Hampshire, inevitably. And so there's going to be sort of a brain drain or an activism drain in the other 49 states. Inevitably, there are going to be some activists who are going to stay behind um, simply because they believe they're tied down by whatever strings they have in their family and whatever the excuses are that they have. Um, and that's fine. That's certainly their business. But, man, their activism jobs are going to get a lot harder with uh, with a lot of the uh, the real key activists moving to New Hampshire to be part of the Free State Project. Sure, and I don't think it's probably as bad as some people paint it, simply because part of the you know uh, argument of the Free State is, even though you're being an activist in your state, how much are you really accomplishing? Well, I know that I was one of the best activists down in Sarasota, Florida, where I was born and raised. I mean, I was it was me. I was funding personally uh, the Operation Politically Homeless booths. I was going out and organizing it all on my own. I was putting together the volunteers. I was doing all the footwork and really uh, the bulk of the activism. And what changed? Well, I moved to New Hampshire, and so I'm not there doing any of that now. But exactly, it, it falls so, I mean, into place know, right I, up here. I think you know. What probably you you could have sat there and done that for years and years and years, and Florida would probably have remained largely the same. Whereas I think you know everybody moving you know to one state and actually you know getting together and pooling our resources and pooling our energy and focusing you know on on one state legislature is Absolutely. going to accomplish far more than I everybody tell being you. spread out. I can't tell you how many times I've done Operation Politically Homeless Booths, which is, uh, for those that aren't aware, if you go to theadvocates.org, you can learn more about it. But the idea is you go to a public event. I've done them at uh, gun shows, pride fests. I've done them at general events like uh, county fairs. And it's always really, really encouraging when you do one of those events because you're giving people this 10-question quiz that helps them identify where they're at politically. Are they a liberal? Are they a conservative? Are they a libertarian? Are they a centrist or an authoritarian? And inevitably, you get a tremendous positive libertarian response from people and uh, you can usually get a bunch of email addresses and contact info from the people that uh, will take the quiz if that's what you're looking to uh, to acquire but as far as actual tangible results beyond just having a good time and and spreading the message of freedom do people actually show up to meetings do people actually show up and and do something about uh, right. their newfound uh, political alignment no they don't i can't say that in in all of the time of doing those operation politically homeless booths that we ever really had any sort of 
decent response as far as new people showing up at meetings and, and getting active. I can pick out one or two real key activists that I uncovered, and both of those people are now members of the Free State Project and moving to New Hampshire <laughs> as soon as possible. But uh, as far as the and bulk of the population, the hundreds, if not the thousands of quizzes and uh, hundreds of libertarians that I uncovered, Never really did anything. And things are getting so bad now that people are actually looking at me and saying, hey, you know, moving is probably a really good idea. It's the only real sensible idea, I think. You know, yeah, and, and I, I, I think, you know, definitely, like you said, that they see somebody actually, you know, just picking up, packing their stuff and getting the heck out of Dodge. They're like, you know what? Maybe I can do that, too. It's not such a crazy idea. Yeah, and once and you get up just, here, you know, it's much people. easier. We're, we're talking about cops. We're talking about people who are taking, you know, government tests to be, you know, Department of Homeland Security or, you know, in mm-hmm. some FBI cadet program. Now, Toby, when you say it's easier up here, what do you mean? Well, I was just going back to your the political the homeless booths that you did. You'd um, get uh, try to get help on them, and I don't know how many people showed up to them. Um, right here, just a few weeks ago, we had this Freedom Fest here in Keene where we did a similar politically homeless booths and a few other tables, and it didn't take much organization to get 19 activists out there i never seen anything out. like that. I, and I, it I, really never. didn't take much organization. Just ask them, will you guys show up to on Main Street on uh, such and such a date? And, right. Uh, Put up a table and talk to people about freedom. Do some ho- politically homeless booth, and they're that all was there. The response. Exactly. It was tremendous. It was. Uh, it, there wasn't a lot of promotion behind the event. We were just sort of out by Main Street, um, just doing outreach. But we got a whole bunch of people to take the quiz, and there were a variety of uh, of organizations represented there. And I didn't even have to organize it, which was the best part for me because I'm pretty busy doing other things now. I don't have as much time these days as I used to when I was a more uh, organizational style activist. I was just able to show up and you just man the booth. That it was going to happen and it happened. Right. I was able to show up, and the, and like you say, Toby, we had 19 or 20 activists activists all there at the pretty much at the same time wow, for all amazing. four hours in my entire history of doing activism in florida never have <laughs> i seen that many activists show up for one particular event ever yeah, I, I think a lot of people experience that all over the country right and i should also point out that the area i come from in florida has a population in the metro of about five hundred thousand, whereas here in cheshire county there's seventy five thousand people so down in florida you're lucky to get five or six volunteers for something here it's like a drop of a hat and you've got 20 people at your door it's incredible it's a lot for people to look forward to Right, and this is just the beginning, right, Bill? I mean, there hasn't even been a couple hundred people that have moved in as part of the Free State Project. Compared to what we're trying to accomplish, we've got next to nobody in New Hampshire. Yep. The ball has only begun rolling, and uh, things are just going to get more and more exciting. Things are going to snowball, and people are going to see and hear about what's going on in this state, and they're, and they're going to get ever more excited about being here and being a part of it. And, Bill, thanks for, uh, for being on the line and sharing that with us, and we know you're coming here in August. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean? By head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the 
the international speculator. Go to D2Z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio today. That's D2Z.org as we go to the phones to the fun. Brian in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live, Brian. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, I just have this uh, TSA story. Oh, boy. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, I work at this place that deals in uh, freight that goes on to passenger airliners, right? Okay. And uh, there's this form that the federal government's put out on all IACs or indirect air carriers. Companies like the one I work at, not for long, but companies that the one I work at that has... We have to fill out this form to uh, tell the TSA and Homeland Security that we're not a threat to the country or whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it, it was put out probably two months or so ago at the place where I work, and everybody at the company I work at complained about a lot of, you know, uh, but they all filled it out, including myself. But most of the- So each individual in the company has to fill out a form for his self? Pretty much. Okay. And it, it doesn't even matter if they deal with the freight in particular it's i mean like the guys in the shop that are the mechanics that work on the trucks they had to fill the forms out too which i felt kind of you know it's kind of dumb what sort of information do you have to give up on this form uh basically just a breakdown like if you go to a job and give a background check to see whether or not you're a criminal mm-hmm. it's the same type of stuff uh but it's not really voluntary. It's it's mandatory for you to work there because I guess this law goes into effect July 15th. Right. So if you didn't fill out this form, then they would have canned you. I don't know if it's so much the company can you. It's just I guess the government – I guess you'd be working there illegal, and I don't know if the repercussions would go on the employer or not. Well, right. The company's going to gonna have some sort of problem if, uh, if it, all of its employees don't fill out its forms so, or the right. government's forms. So you either fill it out or uh, you're fired, I bet. Yeah, pretty much that. <laughs> but uh, originally, I did fill the form out, but I didn't agree with it. Um, but all the all the little blocks asking for this, that, and the other, I had a lot of uh, smart aleck answers on them. <laughs> and the <laughs> the human resources guy at the company brought the form back to me, and he says, uh, "You gotta you gotta fill out another one of these. This isn't gonna fly." Can you give me an uh, example of one of your smart aleck answers? <laughs> well. Um, it asked for the name, first, middle, and last, and one of the blocks right below it was previous name used, and I put, I don't believe in reincarnation, and I put in parentheses, same as above, with an arrow pointing upwards. Yeah, I don't, I, I guess yeah, they, they were concerned, because bureaucrats just don't really have much of a sense of humor. <laughs> right. One of them was uh, gender, you know, I checked male, of course, and I put in parentheses, hmm, question mark, a name like, you know, Brian. It's just, you know... Gotcha. So, uh, the, uh, the, so the human resources person said you have to redo it? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I, I took... He gave me another blank form to fill out, you know, that day or whatever. I came home, and I'm still bothered about it, so I called the TSA here in Indianapolis, and I talked to three different people there, agents that deal in, that specialize in air cargo transfer. Mm-hmm. And I was just asking, you know, the, 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 the magnitude how much of the form I have to fill out to be kosher for them to do this screening, uh, what part of stuff that I can keep, you know, kind of off the form that it, they don't really need to do the screening and that sort of thing. I see. So you're, you're basically, you were, you were concerned that maybe uh, some of the questions on the form were just, they were just reaching where they didn't necessarily have authority to ask them, but figured they'd ask them just to see how many people would answer them. 
Yeah, along that, and, and like one of the questions on the forum was social security number, but in parentheses it said optional. Huh, which, how which, unusual. Well, it's not unusual when it comes to the Fed. I mean, I'm thinking they probably already got this information anyways. Why do I have to fill out anything on this if they got my social? They can kind of do... They can they can background anything I've been doing in the past 20 years or so. Pretty much, yeah. So what did they tell you? Well, the first person didn't know anything, so I talked to her boss. He didn't know anything. <laughs> he directed me to his boss. She didn't know anything. And a fourth person was supposed to call me back, but they never did. Typical. <laughs> well, and the third, you know, as I kept going up the chain, the third person was kind of getting belligerent and rude and and cutting me off with my questions and stuff. And <laughs> How dare you ask us questions? <laughs> well, it, it kind of, it made me a little bit nervous as far as, you know, I was waiting for the feds or police or whatever to kick in the door and take me away, but mm. it, it made me wonder, none of them really knew how much of the form I could fill out to be kosher enough for them to do their screening. Right. Now, all three of the people you talked to worked in the area where the form was coming from, right? Correct. <laughs> well, they're, they're just bean pushers. Right. Well, it's typical. I mean, this is so typical of government. It's not just typical of TSA. It's typical of any government bureaucracy, and you'll find this to be the truth. When you call a government bureaucracy, more often than not, the person who you talk to will not know the answer to your question, but they'll tell you they think they know who the person is that has the answer, and they pass will pass the buck. you, pass the buck to that other person, and if they happen to pick up the phone, they'll usually pass on the buck, or you'll leave a voicemail and never hear back from anybody. Right. I mean, I, I wasn't being rude with the TSA at all. I was, you mm-hmm. know, I was being their best friend, you know, being totally um, neutral and whatever. But the third person I talked to, she was getting pretty hot under the collar. It's like, you know, what are you being so angry for? I'm just asking regular questions any person would. Well, she's probably a, a higher-up administrator, and so she's not used to actually having to answer phone calls from people. So she's probably upset that she had to pick up her phone and talk to one of the little peons like yeah, you. She's probably annoyed at uh, her underlings who actually gave you her phone number and let you get through to her. Yeah, that's probably the case. She's one, She just wants to play solitaire, and you interrupted her uh, her game, or she just wants to surf <laughs> on the Internet, and uh, you, you just ruined her day. Well, after that day, the, the the HR guy at work gave me that form back. I called the TSA or whatever. They couldn't really answer any questions. I decided not to fill out the second form truthfully and honest and all that sort of thing or whatever they want. Um, I went back to work the next day. I told them, I'm, I'm not filling this form out. Um, you're just going to have to fire me or whatever. And there was some heated words there, some exchanges. Really? Well, uh the HR guy I was talking to, we talk a lot about big government, big brother, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of surprised me that he was taking this defense stance on them, you know, implementing this on companies like ours and ours included as far as this form being out. And, you know, I've heard the whole cliche, it's all, you know, it's, it's for your own good. It's, it's, you know, it's to protect everybody or whatever. It just, I don't know, it just didn't sit well. So I decided not to fill it out. And, uh, so are you losing your job? Well, like I said, it goes into law, I think, July 15th. I don't know if that's statewide or huh. uh, nationwide. It's probably nationwide. Well, you know what? Sometimes sticking to your principles can uh, can you know cause you a little bit of financial damage. And congratulations to you for doing that, man. And good luck uh, getting some more work. Or, heck, maybe now's a good opportunity to pick up and come to New Hampshire. Hey, what well, do you that's the lose? thing. This was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I plan on moving out to the Granite State. 
in uh, September. Wow, that's fantastic. All the better. Thanks, Brian. We'll look forward to seeing you when you get here. 800-259-9231. Richard in Montana, your calls as well about whatever you want to talk about, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about the latest in the Gennaro Wilson case on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. Join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go, nearing 250,000 posts on our bulletin board system. Uh, about 1,600 people are interacting. Serious issues to be discussed. Fun stuff as well. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people, they want your money, your home, and your car. What have you done to protect yourself? At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's keepyourassets.net. As we go to the phones, to the fun, it is Richard in Montana. Listening on KGEZ. Hey guys, Hello, Richard. how are you doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I, you made a comment that you thought that the rest of the states were kind of lagging behind in the free state um, project, and uh, or at least that's the impression that I got you that you guys thought. And I'd like to kind of stand up for my state, okay. the state of Montana. I've been to just about every state in the United States except for. Alaska, or I, I've been to Alaska, I haven't been to Hawaii, um, and I haven't been to um, Maine. Anyway, uh, and it, because of the fact that I've been around the states quite a bit, I think that Montana is the best state that there is, and I think there's more patriots here than any other place I've ever been. Okay, and why? In, the, in Montana, the, the spirit of 1776 is very much alive, and uh, I think Anyway, that's basically what I'd like to say, and I, I really respect the Free State Project a terrific amount. However, I'd never want to live in New Hampshire. I don't like the weather there. I don't like the East Coast, and although I respect the, uh, the Free State Project terrifically, I mean, I wouldn't want to have nothing to do with living in New Hampshire. Well, I totally but understand I that. Like, I, uh, I moved that from Flo- I totally understand where you're coming from. Weather was my main objection when I first came across the, uh, the, the Free State Project. I loved, I loved everything that New Hampshire stood for, but I was a little bit scared being a Florida native and not being too sure about the whole snow thing. But it actually turned out to be not, uh, not so bad, and it's actually very, very nice. Uh, I, I actually like the weather up here quite a bit. Uh, but really, I mean, if you feel like you, uh, your state is moving in the right direction, then, then uh, great. I mean, stay where you're at, absolutely. But I, unfortunately, I wasn't saying – I wasn't necessarily attacking the, – there there's not a free state project in any other state but New Hampshire. Hampshire, though they are trying it, I think in Wyoming. I think there's like an alternative version in, oh. in Wyoming. But uh, but you know, I think you, what you might find interesting if you go to freestateproject.org, there's a great little document called the 101 Reasons uh, to uh, to Move to New Hampshire. And and one of those reasons is that New Hampshire actually has the lowest governmental burden of any of the states. We have the lowest ratio of bureaucrats to uh, to regular people in this state than any other state. So even though the population in a state like Montana may be a little bit less, there actually are, there's more government per population in your state than there is here. 
but is there as many Patriots per capita there as there is here? Maybe not yet, but hopefully soon. I mean, I love New Hampshire because of how free it is so far, but there is a lot of work to be done. I'm hoping that New Hampshire will become much more free, and then at that point maybe you'll change your mind about it a little right. bit. Right, and there's a difference between uh, patriots and activists. You know, it's one thing well, to be patriotic. Well, I'm an activist. Hmm? I am an activist myself, and I've uh, been an activist for many years. Uh, I but I, what I'm going to do is I need to learn more about the Free State Project and how to get it going here in this state. Well, a- absolutely. I mean, you're welcome to go to freestateproject.org and and try to get you know the more competition the the, be- the better as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we've certainly got a, a head start on you, but if you can make it so your state is more attractive, uh, then by all means uh, go for it. I'm sure, like most of the states in the country, Montana's moving in the wrong direction, wouldn't you say? I mean, New, New Hampshire's still moving in the wrong direction. I, it must be the same way there. Unfortunately, yes. I think every state in the union is moving in the wrong direction. Right. And so a lot of good the patriots are doing. Huh? A lot of good the patriots are doing. It's one thing to be a patriot and sit in your living room and wave a flag. It's another thing to get out and actually, you know, do things I totally for freedom. I agree with you. And that's I the big. I would like to see it more like 1776. Absolutely, and and the, the, the problem is people are so pacified today. They're so uh, they just believe they can't fight city hall. They've been defeated. They don't think that uh, they they think that death and taxes are inevitable. They don't believe that taxes can be overturned. They don't believe that these state organizations, the welfare and the wealth redistribution, can be ended. And they've just thrown in the towel. And they've re- they've just sort of resolved to live their lives out as as peacefully as they possibly can. And try their best to avoid their, the state and live under the radar. And unfortunately, all that's doing is allowing the state to grow ever larger and ever more intrusive in our lives. And it's just tragic. And best of luck well, with your efforts there. Well, when it comes to the when it comes to the bureaucrats, I would definitely rather make war than love. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's interesting because there are different people have different opinions on that. Some people say kill them with kindness. Some people say, you know, these bureaucrats, while they may appear to be heartless, um, mindless individuals, a lot of them are, you know, they're just regular people, and they've just been suckered into an awful system that has just ruined, uh, you know, sort of just just corrupting them from the inside out. And uh, if we can just uh, if we can just embrace them and and show them that we care about them and that we want them to be productive members of society instead of parasites, and try to be as nice as we possibly can to them, even while they're being awful and, and mean to us, it'll, uh, it'll show us as the betters. It'll show us as not lowering, our, lowering ourselves uh, to their level. And that's certainly a debate that will be ongoing. But, Richard, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. I see you nodding over there, Toby. How do you feel about that? Well, I I look at bureaucrats as I really you can't really love many of them. There's not a lot to love about it. All of them, but all all of them are usually good on one or two issues. So I try to be friendly with them so that I can have their support on those issues. Well, uh, the ones that are initiating force, it's really hard to love them. It's well, I'm but not the saying ones love, that are just cogs nice. in the system. You know, they're they're just doing a job. The ones that are shuffling papers and taking your money at the DMV and doing that sort of thing, they just wanted a job where they could get benefits. Oh, right. And that's all those people are, are really all about. They're, they're not necessarily advocates of the state. They're just people that are looking for a paycheck. Well, it's what their gov- their guidance counselor told them the best job was. And really, it's, it's a good-paying job to be a bean pusher and be a right. bureaucrat. And I, I was also talking about the elected bureaucrats as well. Um, mm, yeah. As much as I can't 
can't stand almost all of them. I do try to be friendly with most of them just because they are good on some issues and I want them on some issues. Yeah, there's no point in alienating these people. And, and I think the, the more I read about people that try to embrace uh, the bureaucrats like Russell Canning and, and activists that, that take it from that sort of perspective that are they're friendly with them even in the face of – you know, even when the cops are arresting Russell Canning, he's friendly to them. Yep. And uh, he's he doesn't reduce himself to their level of violence. And I think that's important. I think it's important to take the moral high ground when dealing with these people. Because if we're constantly being moral and they're the ones that are being immoral, then no one can point to us as the bad guys. And it's also probably going to eat at them for a while. Maybe they'll question them. If, they're, if Russell Canning, right. when he's getting arrested, starts to get violent and resisting arrest... They're they're gonna gonna, feel, then they're going to feel justified. They're going to be like, good, it's a good thing we got him off the street. But if he acts the way he does, they're maybe go home at night and feel guilty about what they've done. And maybe take a second thought about maybe what it's all about. And I know that's one of the things that Russell's trying to get them to do um, by behaving this way. We're talking about our friend Russell Canning. He lives here in the Keene area, and he's a great civil disobedience activist. We've had him on the show a few times. In fact, his, uh, his interview is on our guests page at guest.freetalklive.com. One of his uh, tactics is um, non-cooperation when he's being arrested, for instance. So when, uh, when, the, when the cops are arresting him and taking him down to the jail, he just doesn't do the things that they want him to do. He's very friendly with them. and Big uh, old smile on his face. Right. He's just not going to assist them with their process because they're used to... When they arrest somebody, first of all, they're used to people either resisting arrest, and that way they get the, the opportunity. When you're resisting arrest, of course, they have the opportunity to subdue you and, mm-hmm. and uh, beat you and do awful things to you. But Russell doesn't resist. He just doesn't help. Right. So he might go limp, for instance, or he, of course, then again, it works better if you're a female. It hasn't worked as well for Russell as it has for, uh, for Lauren Canario, for instance. Yeah, they twisted his arms a few times. Right. But he, he, doesn't, he doesn't assist them. He doesn't sign their papers. He doesn't do the things that they want him to. And uh, he doesn't offer them his voluntary assistance with their process. And they don't know how to deal with that. They, they're not used to that. They're used to people allowing them to handcuff them. Or they're used to people fighting them. But they're not used to people just refusing to participate. What do you do with Russell? Right. And More what people would you, like him. What, yeah, what will you do when there are 10 Russells? Or 20? Or 200? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site we give away. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Over 375 of our listeners have decided to become Free Talk Live amplifiers because Free Talk Live amplifiers, rather. Uh, because they like the show and they want to help get us on more radio stations around the country. That's what the AMP dollars go for. They don't go to paychecks. Toby, you're not getting paid to be here, are you? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither am I. Um, but that's because the uh, the AMP program, the money goes to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. We pool, you send three bucks a month in, we pool it together, and we buy advertising in, say, Talkers Magazine, we attend industry conventions, and we do outreach to radio stations and online as well. And all the details on how we're spending the money is all there at amp.freetalklive.com. You also get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum chat room, and more. All the details, amp.freetalklive.com. Talklive.com to Rich in Pennsylvania to the phones to the fun. Hello, Rich. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up? What's on your mind? Uh, I was just calling because uh, I'm hearing a lot about this uh, North American Union 
And I'm just wondering what it's all about. Like, is uh, Mexico and Canada become is going to become like uh, one of the next two states in the United States, or are we just going to be called America? Well, one big landmass. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what you want to look into is the Security and Prosperity Partnership. That's the government program that's sort of behind the scenes on all this. And I think their website is spp.gov. But uh, there's been some rumors and some rumblings, and even Ron Paul has uh, has pretty much pointed out that this is a, a very real possibility that there could be sort of a North American Union, a la the European Union, where the uh, the yes, Mexico, the United States, and Canada will all join together in some way, some fashion, to uh, be this, be an even more, even bigger, centra- more centralized government than we already have, and at the same time introduce a brand new currency, and of course another fiat currency, um, to replace the ailing dollar, which uh, many have uh, suggested will be called the Amero. And how soon this is going to happen, I don't know, but it really does seem to be a, uh, an ominous cloud on the horizon, something certainly to be concerned with. Uh, okay, yeah, that was going to, you answered my next question, which was, I didn't see anything bad with it. Bad? Than, you know, gaining new places. No, uh, it's a, it's a terrible up, idea. Here's what's yeah. bad about it. Centralization is an awful concept. The more centralized the government is, the, the more, uh, the, or the less responsive it is to individuals. I mean, for instance, here in New Hampshire, I can pick up my phone and call my local representatives, and they will personally answer the phone. Down in Florida, I couldn't do that, and I certainly can't do it with my, uh, my U.S. representatives, and there'd be no way in hell I could do it with, uh, with these, um, whatever the heck it is, the Amero, or whatever they're going to call it, the North American Union re- uh, representatives, if they even have representatives for this thing. Who knows how it will be structured? So the more you centralize power, the worse government and the more oppressive and awful government becomes. That's that's the number one reason to be opposed to it. Right, right. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, maybe I was tying it in with the whole immigration issue, too. I mean, if Mexico is going to be added on to America or whatever, like, we're, everyone's all against immigration and all that, and they want to close off the borders. But, I, I mean, I think that's wrong, too. But, uh, you know, the whole adding on to Mexico, that's going to just infuriate a bunch of people who well, are Well, it, it would. You know, and I'm, I'm in favor of immigration, but what, this, what the, uh, the North American Union will do, it won't open the borders. It will just expand the borders. It will just take the borders and expand them out uh, to the edges of, you know, it'll just make it so that there are still going to be borders. They just might change their locations. So right. it won't really necessarily change too much in regards to that. Not that we really know what the plans aren't necessarily on the table, or if they are on the table, we don't know really what they are. It's just a lot of speculation at this point. And certainly, as we know more, we'll bring it to you. Rich, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Toby, any comments on this North American Union idea? I don't, it's all speculation at this point, so I don't really know what to say about much about it, except uh, what are we spending all this money on this big old fence for if we're just going to rip it down? That's a great point. I mean, of course, the fence is just a boondoggle oh, in completely. the first place. The fence is the the proposed fence is nothing more than a show. Uh, it's not going to do any. It's not going to do a damn thing to stop people from coming across the border. And uh, what it will do is put billions of dollars in the hands of contractors that will build the fence. Oh yeah, I've heard speculation from people who say that they think that the reason they're tightening border security and making people get passports to go in and out of Canada is because they're trying to get people fed up so that they'll 
they'll go with along with the the this, union idea. Yeah, because it won't seem so bad if we don't need to get all these passports and cross all this border security and blah 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 blah. I really don't know what to think about it because it, it really is all speculation at this right. point. Yeah, and it could be a bipartisan effort that way the Republicans and Democrats will work together on mm-hmm. it so, you know, the voters won't know what to do if they don't even if the voters don't like the idea, they won't know who to vote for next time around because the Republicans and Democrats uh, shook hands and did it together. Anyway, here's the quick update on the Gennaro Wilson case. The state lawmaker in Georgia asked the attorney general there to investigate a prosecutor's release of an amateur video showing a man who has spent years in prison for child molestation having consensual sex with two teenage girls. Some say the tape is child pornography, while others contend the faces of the girls should have been blocked out to protect their privacy. State uh, Senator Emanuel Jones called it an absolute and utter disgrace. The tape was being distributed and asked the attorney general to investigate. Uh, The district attorney contends that under the state's open records law, he had no choice but to release the tape because it was evidence used as evidence in the trial against Gennaro Wilson, who was 17 when it was made. Now, we've talked about this issue before, and as an issue, it's an outrageous story that this young man engaged in a sex act on videotape with another young lady in Mm -hmm. his age range and was sent to a prison cell over it when the entire thing was completely consensual. No one was harmed. Of course, you know, the lawmakers don't care about that and the enforcers don't care about that. And this guy's now spending a 10-year prison sentence in jail over a BJ. Well, they they changed the law because they realized it was bad, but not retroactively. Right. So, so anyone else grant, who right. did it, is, is, it's no longer illegal, but not retroactively. Yeah, Gennaro's so screwed. Rob. He's screwed. Uh, but but this is an interesting little twist that the district attorney is releasing this tape to uh, apparently his office gave copies of the tape to some 35 parties that requested it, including the Associated Press. So it could have been any one of these uh, 35 organizations that leaked the tape out onto the Internet. And now they're very upset about it. But. If this is child porn, and I don't believe it is, I think that to have child porn, you should have something involving children, (laughs) not teenagers. Uh, But by definition, by the law, this is probably technically child porn. Wouldn't that mean that the district attorney is guilty of distributing child porn, if that's the truth? I think it would. So isn't it interesting? Like, the law is forcing him to release the tapes, but at the same time, that's also a violation of the child porn laws. Quite the conundrum. Well, this is what happens when you have 50 million laws on the books. Inevitably, they'll contradict one another, and it just it's just asinine and laughable. And it's it's so sad that it all has, you know, all, this man's life and his freedom is hanging in the balance over all of this. And he had a ton going for him. I know he was, he was looking at some really prominent schools, um, right. some scholarships. Football scholarships. I mean, it just completely ruined his life. Yep, it sure did, and it's an, it's an absolute tragic story, and you're certainly welcome to comment on it. As we go to the phones, a unscreened call on the amplifier line. Hello there. Who's this? Yes, this is Dignan. Dignan. In Arizona, is it? Yes. What's on your mind, Dignan? I just wanted to comment. Um, the other day you had someone talking about those border checkpoints. Yes, and the I internal checkpoints. You, yeah, the internal ones. And I was just going to tell you that they uh, also seem to have a certain I'm I'm fair skinned, but they also seem to also have a certain bias if you appear to be wealthy. Um, really, I drive a um, Jaguar Vandenplas, and when I, I I've gone down a couple of times to pick up. As I told you before, I have helped illegal uh, people cross the border. Yes. And I've gone down a couple of times and picked up people and put them 
in the trunk of the Jag, and uh, I go sliding right through that. They just, they don't even stop me. They just wave and they don't even ask <laughs> my citizenship. They don't ask anything. Excellent. It's so, just like you're breezing through a country club gate. Now, now do you have an, what's, the, what's it like actually at the border? Because I would presume it's a little more strict there. Do you have any trouble there? I, at the border, they do want to see um, your driver's license, um, but uh, it, it's no more strict than that. Really? So if you're in a JAG at the border, odds are very slim that you're going to be searched is what you're saying? It's very slim. Um, now, I also have a 1973 Nissan, well, it's a Datsun, actually, at that mm-hmm. date, um, pickup truck that uh, the gardener uses for um, uh, gardening and right. you know, hauling stuff to the dump. Now, I have driven that also to Mexico to pick up stuff. <laughs> now, in that, when I go down in that, same person driving. Um, I will get stopped at the border, and I will have to show my driver's license. They'll want to look up everything they can. They'll detain me. What a shock, um, huh? I've had, I've had a search done of the vehicle. Then when I come to the internal checkpoint, they want to know um, if I'm a citizen amazing. or not. Just and amazing. Usually they'll, they'll want to see the driver's license again. So here's a tip. Tip going out to all coyotes car. out there and all smugglers. Drive Jaguars and you're going to be okay. Thanks for the call, man. We exactly. appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.